Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 19 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Iced Tea, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. What's up, everybody? Glad to have you back. Episode 19, big episode, big guest today. Before we get to that, Here's the boys, Jason Davidson. How are we doing today? Not bad, buddy. Not bad. Number 19, eh? Stevie Y. Stevie Iserman today, huh? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. So and, we've uh, been at this for about 20 weeks then. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah. It just feels like yesterday, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. As well, Scott Byrne back again. How are we doing, Scott? Good fellows. You, uh, 20 weeks. Uh, thank God. Cause it, I look forward to it, <laughs> you know, with all this shit going on. I'm like, I, I get excited every time I get a text. We're going this time on this day. I'm like running to the house. Let's do this. So let's good. get it going. Yeah. It's been good that way. People have been enjoying it too. A good way to, to get past all the fucking bullshit that's going on in the world. You can come with us and lose yourself for a little bit and enjoy some time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I <laughs> was Easter. How'd you learn get some new words? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Easter, good, yeah. Um, just spent it with small group of family and ate too much, like usual. Stayed off the beers as best I could, but uh, yeah, it was it was all right. You know, it's Easter, so uh, watched lots of hockey again. I've been watching lots of hockey. That's been my. Days. Do you have to still hide the eggs and shit, or no? Your kids are too big for that. They're too big. Now they're hiding the eggs for their little cousins and stuff. Yeah, yeah, go. Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, but you're not hi- you're not hiding your own yet though, are you? You're not hiding <laughs> your own Easter eggs yet. No, I just wait for the kids to come back and then go through their little pails and take what I want. Yeah. yeah. Usually usually it's a Reese's pieces. Uh, oh, have you tried the Reese's pieces eggs? Yeah. yeah. Not or the Reese peanut butter cup eggs. Sorry. There's a difference. There's a difference. Well, and I, I, uh, I'm not fussy. <laughs> oh the, yeah the reese eggs are yeah they're next level national league go. level for sure scott you yeah. guys do anything yeah we just had uh family over it was dylan's birthday so he's oh, 15 yeah. now so we double celebrated uh ate too much and uh i always like i always like easter it's kind of the sign of summer's on its way or yep. the leaves are gonna Fucking start popping right. yeah, yeah I I, sometimes I for some reason i it reminds me of grandma burn i don't know why i just think because she always had stuff out for easter and oh, yeah. so yeah. that kind of reminds me of that but uh no it was good got together Fuck you know COVID. why you know yeah. why it reminds you grandma because that's probably where you guys went and when you get to the farm you're spread yeah. out you're doing more things you know there's no snow banks to run through spring is you know hopefully sprung by then but yeah i, I agree with you man i remember my grandma vi's place at easter yeah, that was where you kind of realized it's coming. You could be running outside in a t-shirt instead of a freaking parka and gloves in a t-shirt. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's always a great time of year. Yeah, yeah. You would, outside. What'd you guys do? Uh yeah. Well, my kids are right prime age for Easter Bunny and all that sort of stuff at uh, two and five. So uh yeah about fucking 16 different easter egg hunts at our place and then each grandparents place and the whole kitten kabang there so that was good and uh yeah same thing lots of supper and fucking few wobbly pops there and had a good time as pretty weasels 
Oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was um it was good, and like you say, it's your, your the first the snow is melting, so our American viewers in the in the south are probably like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? But literally, like last week was the first time around here that I could go outside and do something outside without freezing or being in the snow yeah. and you know throw the baseball around or throw the football around. So. It's good. Get out, get active, gets everybody in a good mindset that summer's coming. Golf courses are going to be open. The Masters is fucking coming up next weekend. That always gets everybody pumped for golf. Usually makes the golf courses want to open up sooner. So things are looking up. We're getting to it. Have any of you fellows ever played that course? Which one? Where the Masters are? Oh, fuck no. I wish. I mean, I'd probably just eat me alive, but yeah, it'd be a bucket (laughs) list to just go out there. I seen a thing on TV. There's one hole there. The the green is right in the middle of a of a man made lake. Oh yeah. And oh, I thought, that's I, uh, that's in Florida. That one. Um, oh, is it? Miss number seventeen. Yeah, I played that. I've got that golf ball. One thing, Scott, you got gypped out of with Wrangler is the amount of money they invested in their sales meetings. You got to mm-hmm. go to Greensboro every year. Like, oh, we played some phenomenal golf courses. Uh, Sawgrass. That's Sawgrass. Um, we were, that's in, I want to say Jackson, somewhere in Florida. Anyway, we were there twice and we couldn't play it the one year because it was too cold. They shut her down for like 60 days ahead of the tournament. Hmm. And uh, anyway, the second time around, we got to play it. Uh, Sylvan, Dewey, Robinson, oh, not a bad myself. Crew. We parred, by the way, we parred the famous 17. I like, come on. I best got, ball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Best ball. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got to give why he said, my, That's why he said, said we. we. Yeah. we. Yeah. No, you know what? I think Bruce, Bruce Robinson parred that hole himself. Actually, yeah. we used all his shots. But here's a, here's a question for you guys. What do you think that they, uh, they seat? How many people stand around that hole? I don't know. I've never been to a live one and I really didn't start watching it until I don't know, a couple of years ago when I really started getting into golf a whole bunch more, but fucking huge fan bases, man. I don't know. 20,000 yeah. around that. Oh, hole. just that. Like hole. that's why they got to shut the course down for so long. You should see the bleachers that they move in. And yeah. anyway, we had to play with a caddy. Like you have to take a caddy with you Yeah. and uh, it's, you know, you're having a good time, right? It's, it's kind of the end of the meeting. So you're out by noon, you know, you have your morning of meetings and then you're already having a couple beer before you even get the shotgun start so apparently i tell wouldn't a story. know <laughs> yeah i know telling stories having some laughs and uh so they give you a caddy yeah. um anyway we get ours drink like he no, by no means should be drinking but we get three or four coors light <laughs> yeah he's uh uh he's having a good time but anyway we get on these greens and you know how you're lining up a putt around here somewhere you might have to you know maybe a cup Oh yeah, no, we're fucking talking. You're you're aiming in the opposite direction. Like it's you're he's showing you where to shoot, and I'm like, okay, one too many coors light for this guy. He goes, trust me. Just that's how it was at the end. Trust me, man. Trust Trust me. me. And yeah, you shoot the ball in the total opposite direction as the as the hole was. Yeah, those all those courses, like especially ones like that. They're oh, they're just fucking. Absolutely oh yeah. Insane. Oh yeah? yeah. Yeah. Tanner got an albatross down here at the Sunnyside Golf Course uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, I sure a, did. Like a par five, didn't it? it was a par yeah, five. Let's, yeah, it had to be got a two on a par five. Yeah. Albatross it, man. Yeah, and I didn't even know that that was I was about 170 yards out and chipped in. 
pure luck but uh drop her in yeah Yeah. didn't even know that it was like a big ordeal and i talked to josh matson who's big golfer we knew it was fucking awesome but he's like those are harder to get than a than a hole in one because your tee shot has to be perfect to line yourself up for that second shot i was like oh fuck wasn't nothing wasn't much well, I'll, I'll quote isn't, isn't the point of the game to put the ball in the hole I'm just, i'll just try to do that every time then i don't have to do that yeah. putting thing bruce dunn owns the golf course which is just next to my land here i told him about that he goes fuck that and i'm like no he, I, honest, honest. <laughs> so on a par five, if you did in two, it's called what? Albatross. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Learn something new every day. Uh, yeah. I, two unders and two unders an eagle. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like that's why you don't hear about it because it doesn't fucking happen. It's like as rare as it a, only a hole in twi- one. What, yeah, it could only happen twice in one. I think there's only two par fives in an eighteen hole track, I believe. Mm, I don't know. I think so here's fluctuates. your challenge for the summer. Let's see if you can do two in one game, Tanner. Oh, fuck. Two in one lifetime? I don't think yeah, that I, was say, I think that was yeah, a once in a lifetime. You're probably wandering around the fringe looking for your ball, eh? Like, where is it? Where uh, is it? No, me and, and, oh, and Braden were on the cart, and we watched it up and down. I was like, oh, that's like, that's going to be good. And then just toot, 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 and it dropped. And I think we both hat throws and fucking just yeah. ah, going wild. Yeah, it was hat throws. Oh, it's going to be more exciting to golf now. Holy shit. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. I definitely fell in love with the game. Well, good. you think we should do our version of Sandbagger? I 100% think so. I'll get Lane LaPlante. He's already on it. He's going to figure out how to get us get us mic'd, yeah. and, and uh, we'll have to have to find some. But that's the hard part. You have to have good golfers, though. Like the So we're talking, for those that are listening in, Paul Bissonette is our guest today, Biz Nasty, who I'm sure you know if you listen to podcasts. They have... I think it's the number one podcast in Canada, Spit and Chicklets hockey podcast. But they do a thing called the Sandbagger where they go and, and take on two opponents. And the thing with, with them is, though, they're always golfing against good golfers. And hockey players, you know this, Jason, they're fucking usually good yeah. golfers, yeah. right? So there'd be some, like, Zayner can golf pretty good. But there's a lot of bull riders that you go with don't golf worth fuck. No, 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 no. <laughs> you it's know? just... Yeah, yeah, they know how to. Back they back. know the, they know how to wave down the beer cart. Yeah, but no, we'll have to we'll have to get something like that lined up with the with the boys. NFP, NFP. We'll have to call it something else. I don't know, but some sort of sandbagger. Another thing on that, what we do got on the go is uh, working in the mix right now. The NFP bow riding tour, approved yeah. by the PBR. We'll get Lane involved with that. We'll do some. Uh, we'll do some fun stuff with that. Kind of breaking the announcement on that right now, but haven't totally lined out how many events it's going to be. But anywhere from uh, six to eight events right now, and we're going to do our NFP style kind of. The- Maybe I'll bring us the pod live. You're yeah. going to have to get a new shoot rooster. You're going to yeah. have to get a new shoot box. I'll just. Uh, you, Scott will be announcing you'll be fighting bulls and I'll, uh, I'll bring it to our audience. Uh, I guess maybe not live. We'll tape delay it, but yeah. Maybe that'd be cool. We'll you know, they you got the sandbagger. Yeah. We'll call her the, the NFP bucking ball or something like that. Yeah. We'll have to come up with a good name. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you halftime entertainment. We got to talk Ty Prescott. Get he's got some four or five hundred pound Mexican heifers there, yeah, and have a have a generations bullfight. I'm telling you, it'd be so yeah. much fun. I mean, yeah. they ain't gonna hurt you. 
I, I, I know I could talk old Randy boy into stepping around them little things. It, it'd be so much fun because <laughs> the first loser that gets knocked down by one. Oh yeah. my oh, God, man. Oh, like well, yeah. Could you thing. imagine? Yeah. <clears throat> so them. much fun. You know what? At my place here, similar to what I did last year with the quarantine sessions, we're going to have a couple here and Josh Brise's and uh, the Scories place. So we can do whatever the fuck we want in that sense, yeah. you know, and we can do things different that maybe hasn't been done and put our imaginations together and really bring a show to the, to our audience. NFP stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought Scott, I thought you were going with, we got to get uh, Kelly Taylor out for the halftime. Oh, that's well, he'll be there. Too. He'll be there. Yeah. So we'll incorporate him in there somehow. Yeah, for sure. We, yeah. we might have to have Kelly Taylor as a guest co-announcer along with, uh, you know, our Rover, our Rover, uh, whoever that may be at the time. I'm not sure who you got picked out, but that guy, he'll bring a lot to the table. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, definitely. he's not going to let anybody go by without being picked on. That's no. what comedians do. So what the hell. same on top of that too. Uh, for the people that are watching on YouTube, you can see our new hats. We got some new merchandise here on the go. Some NFP merch. That's so, singular hat. What? Well, I, I hats. have yeah. the hats. I'll get you, you got- guys the hats. Jesus. I'll get you. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. I can't just be we better uh, every day shipping you goddamn sneaky weasels. And I tell hats. you, I tell you what you do, Tanner. You take four or five of them caps, and each time you put it in a box, you slide a sneaky weasel underneath it, and you'll kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Right. Yeah. So for those, we better give team. Nevada Nevada Nelson props, eh? Yeah, really Nevada Nelson logo for us. Came up with this Thanks, logo. Nevada. Yeah, it's awesome. Got that. Aztec uh, hang loose vibe to it. Hashtag NFP. So if you guys like the, like the pod, want some of this, these hats, give me a shout on Instagram or on Facebook and we'll get her lined up. we got some more stuff coming here online in the future, but for now we just got a few of these hats that are a little bit hard to come by. So first come first serve, we'll get her lined out. Um, They're limited edition. Limited as limited as fuck. <laughs> I like it. Speaking of that, Sneaky Weasel Lager. If you're looking for a smooth, refreshing beer this weekend, grab yourself a Sneaky Weasel Craft Lager. This mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 ABV, but goes down crisp and clean. This beer pairs well with any bull riding celebration, fun in the sun, and good times with friends. This beer is available across all of Western Canada. Sneaky Weasel Lager, the official beer sponsor of the NFP podcast. So, yeah, lots of stuff on the go within uh, the NFP world here. So we appreciate everybody's support, and it's always good to hear the feedback, good or bad. So hockey news, Jason, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I've been trying to follow it a little bit, but I don't really – fully understand what's happening but vancouver's having obviously some COVID issues they're totally shut down right now the canucks yeah 20 as of today um 20 players and staff um and their minor league team in utica new york hasn't played for i want to say two weeks due to covid COVID? So, oh, yeah. shit. and it's not even the fact that they've they're intertwined at all because one's in new york and one you know mm-hmm. they're on opposite yep. sides of the of the universe it seems almost but um yeah just some real bad luck and and my guy Howerlick, he's got it for the second time he was one of the four ottawa senators that came home from anaheim or la last year when you know when we well about a year ago and just over a year ago 
Um, so obviously he's going to get tested again to make sure that it's not a false negative or a false positive, sorry. And, uh, and maybe he's got the, the different variant, you know, there's, uh, yeah, yeah, there's fucking, oh, yeah. so yeah. is there a so, point, is there a point in the season, Jason, where they just have to say, this is too late scrap it or like what's what where's the be all the end all they're hoping not they're hoping not but yeah if if they can't get over this you know playoffs are supposed to start on a certain date so we've already went over that uh the last regular season game um with the outbreak in montreal that caused the oilers missing those two games there last week or the week before so they're already scheduled out uh I i believe they finish up a day later than they were supposed to so when you look at the schedule, it's already it's already pretty tight and compact. Like you can, you can't just keep adding games and play fourteen nights in a row. So um, they're going to have to make a decision by this time next week. They'll have made a decision. And what do you do? Win percentage against uh, Vancouver, let's say whatever Edmonton's percentage was against. That's what they'll carry you know, with the, let's say they were supposed to play two more games, I believe Yeah, that's what they're, they'll carry uh, into the standings, I guess. I don't know. I hope it doesn't come to that. I I'd really like to see them play obviously. And, but that's, you know, and on the other hand, did you watch the ball game? Blue Jays yeah. home opener at Globe Life? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. 42,000. Yeah. thousand people. Yeah, not bad. I, I see I the seen pictures. It. Hey, it was just like, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah well, I, isn't it I, Correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, but I seen a thing this morning. I was out having a quick coffee before chores, and I read something that the Texas has seen a decline yeah. in positive cases. Now, I don't know if that's because people just aren't getting tested anymore or what, but does that not tell people something that we just can carry on here anytime now? Anytime no. soon would be good. You well, know. I don't think you can tell anybody in our government anything that's remotely close to common sense, it seems. So I don't know where to go with that. Well, here's what you're getting now, though, is you're getting it's just like anything. You can you can hold somebody down for a year, even like your government. You like you can see the pushback that's happening now, like it's oh, going yeah. on a year and a bit now. And you seen the guy in Alberta, the priest last weekend that kicked the cops yeah. out of his place. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Right? He, had no, he wanted no part of that. And you know what? The co- they didn't even talk back to him. He didn't no. let him. Yeah. He just kept going at him. Good for yeah. that guy. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, right? So it's just like anything within work or, or you know, like the guys that go up north where they're saying that they're, they're going to be quarantined up there and you're going to have to stay up there. Like, you could tell somebody something and they'll listen for a little while, but it gets to a point where you can't yeah. fucking control somebody and their livelihood. Right. So it's getting to that point, I think with where they're trying to, they're going to have to open things up more. And that's what you're seeing in the U S it's like, we have to, or else they're just going to start going fucking rampant, right. Of opening yeah. different stuff up. But then we got shit in Regina and all these other cases that are around here that they're fucking going the other way again and shutting stuff down. But I know several people around here, Tanner and Jason, that are not wearing masks in town anymore. They're going into stores. Um, there has they've been asked to leave some, but more often than not, even the stores are sick of of doing it. Whether it's a grocery store or a shoe store or whatever, and uh, there's been quite a few cases where they've spent all day shopping all day and no one said a word with no mask on. Really? So. Have you guys seen? He, do you guys have Barney Creech on on Facebook or any social media platform? 
No. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Barney. So he just grew out the biggest handlebar mustache that you've ever seen. Just this greaser of a handlebar stash. <laughs> and he just goes, he's just been testing it and going to stores with just that and waiting to see if he gets kicked out. And he said he's been like uh, documenting it on Facebook just to like prove a point or whatever. And he said that there's only been one or two that have told him not to, that he had to wear a mask. And one of them said that he had, he said he had a medical condition. And the other one, they asked him to leave and he said, I'll just go somewhere else. Because I'm not making a scene about it. I'm just trying to live yeah. my life, but he's blaming it. Or uh, he's saying it's because of the stash. Nobody wants, everybody wants him in their store because that sick fucking stash. Oh, Barney. Oh, Barney. Yeah, so that's pretty good. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, kind of goes on here right now. But I could see the, the NFR now that we've seen what happened at Global Life Field with that. If Vegas isn't open, by the time the NFR is supposed to come around fully, I could see them hundred percent going back to Globe Life Field to yeah. a sold out crowd. There's no question that'll happen. They have to. If they want to uh well, if they want to put up that prize purse that they're you know, that's like they're accustomed to, they're gonna have to. Um, um which It'll be interesting, but uh, Nevada is supposed to be uh, lifting some restrictions here either this week or the start of next week. So their crowd numbers have been going up at T-Mobile for the Golden Knights. So um, I guess if they can keep that incline going and the cases are staying down, well, then we'll no. we might see a full arena. By- no, no more than ever we have to do something like we have <laughs> no not no, just for my own sake i mean for the whole economy the whole country, everything for our country yeah. for our we can't do this anymore we can't we can't yeah 100 percent. and california as well is opening up a little bit i seen which is that's been probably the most locked down state for well yeah it was the epicenter of the whole that yeah. new york yeah and they're opening up the ducks are i think it might be only 10 percent, but they're bringing fans back here next mm-hmm. week i just read so we're so moving. far behind on that like those u.s teams are all going to have fans before we can even have one yeah, yeah. i guarantee it they're they're saying i've here heard in saskatchewan scott moe's projecting by the by june everybody will be vaccinated so once you're vaccinated what the fuck like you should just be able to choose where you want to go or what you want to do and i guess there's people that can't get vaccinated because of health issues but they probably aren't going to be at those events right right if you have health issues so yeah hopefully it just gets to that point where it's you're vaccinated you it's your choice what you're going to do and uh fuck i don't know and if you're scared of it if you're scared of it stay home yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah, and I under, uh, we understand yeah. if it if you're don't be a fun hater on the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> In bull riding news, uh, a couple updates that we can go through. Some Canadian boys decided to hit the trail. PBR Canada had a story about it the other day. Tanner Eno, mm-hmm. Wyatt Gleason, Tyler Craig uh, hit the road, had headed south, going to some events, and had some good success. Tannerino, anyway, I seen was eighty five in, in Lebanon, Missouri, to start his start yeah, his tour eighth out. So or ninth, I think. Yeah, really good to see those young guys fucking listening to the NFP podcast and hitting the trail, yeah. heading to the <laughs> U.S. Pulling out. Yeah, fucking right. Got to do what you got to do. Jake Gardner still down there with Logan Beaver. Uh, I'm in touch with Jake quite a bit back and forth. He bucked off a few last little while, but that's the part of the game, right? You 
can't yeah. get down on yourself when you get bucked off a few. Just keep wide, rolling on. Wide, so. wide Gleason's with those two as well. Yep. So those boys are rolling. And uh, PBR in Utah, Cody Jesus. Cody Jesus takes the win. Uh, good to see that guy back. Dealt with a lot of injury. Kind of came back on the main tour. Didn't do so hot. Obviously, just kind of coming back and feeling fresh. So I think this will be the, the key to him getting back to success in the game guys you see, uh, did you check phenomenal. out that backdrop at that arena how cool it looked there i don't know that bull riding's badass man and yeah they, they gave it a rolex to the champ oh yeah fucking roly brock radford then, won it one year and then they stop at the, the local pawn shop on the way out <laughs> no that yeah like you think right and they give you an option of taking like 10k cash or the rolex and i didn't know this but fucking rolex is they're like investing in in something like in the stock market but they just fucking rise man so brock after he won his i guess it's worth like 14 or fifteen thousand now or some freaking really thing. yeah watches are huge commodities rolexes especially so yeah that's a big win for guys if they can hold on to it for 10 15 years who knows what it what it's worth at that point pretty cool yeah one more ad read while we're here manscaped Support for the NFP podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's NFP capitalized 20 at manscaped.com. We just you think you think the manscaped folks are gonna come out with ladyscape? Probably. Sure, it could be used eh? on both. I don't know. I think they're yeah. more toward I think there is a lot of a lot you guys of ever companies find that your do razor. That. Do you ever find your razor in the, in your wife's bathroom and wonder where it's been? No, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, sounds like it could go. Uh, Pro- either, it's probably it's sex. probably been it's probably been nowhere you where you haven't been already. So it doesn't <laughs> much matter, does it? This so, is true. This is a little fair. offside. This is fair. <laughs> but yeah, speak with Manscaped, we just uh, renewed with them, and we got some cool promo stuff coming in. So stay tuned for different promotions where you can earn yourself some Manscaped merch. Manscaped for us threw in two free gifts in their perfect package. A pair of high-performance Manscaped boxers briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Trim that junk ears. So you guys you guys got the the shed bag too, hey? I think it's oh, yeah. handy as shit. Yeah, uh, I just I just wanted to know if anybody read the newspaper that was in the bottom of it. I no, didn't. Did you have did, I didn't read it? I've used it, yeah, I haven't read it. it it's funny as shit. And I mean, <laughs> pardon the pun, you usually read when you're, you know, on the throne. And I, yeah. I just, it was good, man. There's there's crossword puzzles. I forgot to take a pen, though. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I do it next time. Oh, that's good. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code NFP20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So we'll lead it into our interview right now. We're very honored. We teased on it earlier, but 
we got the the man of all talents nhl media can do it all one of the funniest cats in the game paul biz nasty bisonette jason do you remember him when he was playing hockey or well i actually spoke with with paul this would be four or five years i'd have to look his last year with the ontario rain um he was teammates with a few Thunder Creek guys. Derek Morris um, would have been Jason LaBarber down there, yep. Boyd Gordon. It was just shortly after, like, it just took off for this guy. Like, you can tell. Like, our, our listeners who haven't spent any time on Spitting Chickens, Chicklets podcast is going to just, this guy's a character. Like, I would have loved to have been in the classroom in high school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or even better, in a dressing room with them you know, yeah. sharing a room with a guy like, yeah. well, you guys, you'll find it's just like, we're sitting down with a guy we've known for 15 years, you know, he'll yeah. make you feel right at home. So I, I really respect what he, what he's accomplished. And, and um, you know, there's, there's some stuff to take away from this pod that, that I think young people can learn, like you've got to invest in yourself and, and just listen closely what, you know, some of the investments that Paul, and when I say investments, I'm not talking about Bitcoin like invest in yourself, um, yep. you know, and, and that's what he did. He yep. built his profile basically on his own. So uh, he, he's definitely a character. Um, I'd want him on my team and it, whether that that's a hockey team, broadcast team or podcast team, like yeah, he's, that, he's right. that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. yeah. I reached out to Stan Wilson where of course Paul played uh, with the coyotes for a number of years. I reached out to Stan Wilson, the equipment manager and, um, you can ask any hockey player that's been through that organization. They know Stan and his son, Denver, of course, now uh, equipment manager as well. And, and Stan said he was, you know, when, when, uh, when Paul first came around, he was a little bit of a pain in the ass and they kind of had their running ins to each other. Kind of old Stan taking care of the new kid on the block, I guess, but said in the end, ended up being one of his best friends. So yeah, yeah, I can see um, that. yeah. so it's, uh, he said he's, he's, uh, unreal the stuff that he's accomplished off the ice let yeah. alone so. well in his off ice schedule like guys yeah. it took us a month to get this lined out you know we were going to do it this day this day this time that time like the guy's got a lot of a lot of shit on his plate and then my uh my boy lane peterson played his first nhl game the other night against josh manson in anaheim yeah. um uh with the coyotes so you know from our conversation and then uh, two days later you listen to him you know he's got yeah. a clean he's got to clean her up a little bit when he's yeah. on that, that broadcast <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. but he yeah. does it like he knows the game and uh he can uh you know he i, I don't want to use the word dumb it down but he's real like yeah, he, he's, he speaks it from a, a player standpoint and and doesn't really throw soft balls at the guys if they're not you know he expects more out of players he'll say it i like it i I think he does a hell of a job i really do definitely and on that note too and that's that's what makes him so good is he's versatile if you listen to the spitting chicklets podcast which i do and have for a long time and it's really one of the main reasons i wanted to do this was was the bull riding side of what spitting chicklets does for hockey it's no holds barred it's locker room talk and that's what that's what those guys did with spitting chicklets for hockey and so they can they like it where they can swear and say whatever the hell they want to say and then when it comes to their tv stuff they 
they know how to do it for TV. And that's what, that's why he's made himself so a hot commodity is because he can do it all. He, he's not just, uh, he's not one wing where he has to go one way all the time. He does a, does a really good job of, of moving all around the, the map and doing so much different shit. Fuck. Go check yeah. him out online on his Instagram or on his Twitter. There's something new every day that this guy and, and that, that crew is up to. That's always entertaining. If you're a fan of this show, you'll be a fan of everything that they're doing. That's for sure. It's same, uh, same realm of, of no holds barred and having a good time. So before we go to that interview, though, uh, one shout out, we have to give Jason, you can touch on this, probably the most being tied to it the closest, but it affected and affects us all still to this day. The anniversary of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. Yeah, three years um, today. It'll be one of those. I remember uh, my mom telling me where she was when she heard the news when Elvis died. Or um, a lot of my American friends um, know where they were when J- JFK yep. was shot. Or, you know, those little things. And I'll never forget where where we were um we were in arizona and it was you know first you heard the news around a little bit after 5 five thirty that there was a bus crash and then the texts and uh you know we had we had a client on the bus reading what's going on twitter and getting some updates which it was still there was so much mayhem and chaos for yeah. so many hours um but i remember getting back to the house and sitting on the couch and just like bawling I didn't know if our guys were alive or, or they didn't make it or not. And any of our PBR fans that have been here in Saskatoon has got to meet Lane Matichuk. He was one of the defensemen for the Humboldt Broncos, was one of our clients. And uh, we've stayed in touch this whole time. Um, his recovery has been miraculous, isn't even the word, um, where he's at today. And uh, he wanted to walk in that PBR arena in Saskatoon, and he did. You know, um, you know, he never got to have, you know, a lot of the guys got to go to the award show in Las Vegas and, and then the Stanley cup come to Saskatoon Chandler Stevenson took it out to Humboldt for the day. That's, you know, I got a picture here of Chandler holding up the Stanley cup and and you can see the Humboldt Broncos, um, band on his arm. And that was a promise he made and he, and he delivered, but Lane missed out on all that. It's been, it's been a real, special journey for lane. We, uh, I don't know if you guys knew that, but we sent him to, uh, Pittsburgh. To yeah. Watch. That's a cool story. Yeah. Tell that one. Yeah. So we sent him to Pittsburgh. Thanks to Braden Shen. He arranged it with Sid Crosby and then, um, uh, Matt Recky was involved with the penguins at the time I had talked to him or sorry, Mark Recky, Matt Recky's brother, an old bull rider from the old days. And, uh, his sister, Carly Matichuk is a huge Ovi fan. So it just happened that they're playing each other and Chandler Stevenson was at Washington Capitol at the time. And I'll never forget the messages and the calls from Lane's parents. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was a really, uh, a great thing to be able to give Lane that, well, a dream come true for him, you know, get to hang out in the NHL dressing room and, and whatnot. But, uh, it's tough. Um, you know, it's the people that were following the bus or come upon that accident were clients going to watch their son play with the Nippon Hawks a day like this is, is extremely hard on the families of those kids. It's, oh, it's yeah. going to be something that you're right. We'll never, it'll never, ever be forgotten. And, uh, 
but yeah, it kind of opens up some wounds again when you think about it. It really yeah. does. I think they have announced, I've seen something on social media about an official um, tribute or, or something going to happen right at that site, like an official one here, much like yeah. they've done for the Swift Current Broncos just outside yeah. Swift Current. So yeah. th- that's nice too, you know, um, that'll never bring anybody back, but God damn, it'll remind everybody that, you know, the ultimate price was paid. So. Well, when we go to the Nippon PBR, um, the last couple of years, we didn't obviously get to go last year due to COVID. Um, Jackson came with me both years, my oldest son, and we stopped there. And I remember mm-hmm. the first year stopping there and just thinking about what, you know, it was a very cold day and yeah, what that must have been like for the oh. first people yeah. on the scene. And yeah. um, it just actually Caleb Dahlgren, um, He's got a book out about, I haven't got a chance to read it. I've seen the book. I had it in my hand and I just skimmed through it. Um, I'm going to get it, order it. Um, I think everybody should, should order the book. It's supposed to be a a very well-written piece. On the, on the Broncos or on the crash or on the whole. Yeah. On the, on the crash. Caleb survived it and actually went on to university to play some more hockey, you know, and walked away from it. So, but I want to save it so I can, give it yeah you know attention i i bet you there's an emotional side on both sides of it for him as well and that book was probably a healing process i would think but you know for him to walk away and and so many of his colleagues and teammates that didn't you can imagine the emotions that he has gone through every day and well for the rest of his life you know why not me you know Mm -hmm. why them kind of deal so good for him i i i know all uh when we can get a hold of it, Jason, you can let us know and I'll, I'll be snapping up a coffee for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well said guys. That's, that's exactly right. It, it hits all of us, especially Saskatchewan yeah. fam people. We all know somebody or we're a part of those bus trips or, you know, played minor hockey and to see those young men just cut down at, at such an early age, it's, it's, truly tragic so our well, thoughts you, know, you said it you're you're on the bus tanner you're you're playing cards with your buddies thinking about the playoff game it was a it was a big playoff game for the humble mm-hmm. broncos and yeah and then in an instant yep i mean in an instant it's yep. gone yep. it's taken away and, from you, yep. and you know what it, it did touch everybody think of the millions of hockey sticks around the world that were mm-hmm. set out on the front steps in tribute to those guys yep i mean you did you didn't drive around anywhere and still to this day, uh, yeah. you know, all the stickers, there's people and still and doing it. So, and yeah, in effect, so. you know, and, and as we say that too, not just hockey people, any, any person Everybody. that's a parent, mm-hmm. you understand what those parents are going through. It's yeah. fucking tragic, horrible and unexplainable, but our thoughts and prayers are, are with the families and, and the survivors and everybody that's been touched by it. And I think everybody coming together, has has made it bearable for for everybody involved to to lean on each other and all of us come together and and uh, be able to talk about it and and show our respects for those. So our thoughts and prayers with family, friends, everybody that's been effect- affected by the humble Broncos crash. With that, guys, we'll get to it. This is a this is a fun episode, so we'll we'll, we'll keep her going here. Paul Biz Nasty Bissonette's one of the the funniest guys that that we've been fortunate enough to have on the podcast. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with Biz Nasty. Uh, Paul Bissonette, uh, left bench, 
Phoenix Coyotes. Breast implants. I'm not too crazy about them. I see some good ones, I see some bad ones. As long as they don't feel as hard as a hockey puck, I'm all right with them. If anyone finds black Lululemon with skid mark underwear, oh, okay. no? No. I can't say that? <laughs> you just did. Oh, okay. okay. If you find them, just please return them. And wa wash them first. Yeah. Well, I usually just pour vodka down their throat, and uh, then I go from a six to an eight, and uh, good night, Jim Kite. You don't have to do no big fancy intro either. You could just. Oh, I'm going to just. Okay, all right. I <laughs> guess today is a former professional hockey player. You'll find him as the color analyst now for the Phoenix Coyotes, or the co-host of the legendary Barstool Sports podcast, Spitting Chicklets, the media guru. Paul Biznasty, Bissonette, Biz, how wow, you doing today? What an intro! I get I get nervous before I do the intro, so I actually just defer to to Ra, who's great at it. Now, do you get nervous before doing intros? Oh, I get nervous for all this shit, dude. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Same here. Even hopping on to this interview, I always get nervous. You know, you always want to make sure you're bringing your A game. Just like before hockey games, I used to get like nauseous. That's a question I have for you. So how you guys are always on with your pod. You guys are always energetic. It seems like and really rolling. There's days I don't fucking feel like doing it. I feel like afterwards I fucked it up or it was too slow. How do you, how do you go about making sure that you're always doing things the right way or asking the right questions? So, so that's, what's, what's tough about the way we do things. It's kind of like in the locker room, you know, you show up day to day and you know, if you're the guy who likes to have the floor, sometimes you got to make sure you're bringing your a game. And we don't, you know, we record one time right through. It's like no, no redos here. Same with the interviews. Right. And uh, yeah, sometimes you have your good days and some days you're just not there and, and you sound like an absolute fucking idiot. But the good news <laughs> is, is most, most of the time is we're, we're each there to keep each other honest. And if I'm fumble fucking my words, wit is going to torch me. He's gonna, and, and, and I think that that's just kind of the real world and how when you're in the locker room or whether you're, you know, at, at work with the buddies and or at the fucking cabin, you know, you, you, you start spouting off and the boys get on each other. And that's just kind of the that's just kind of where we came from, boys, the locker room. Well, I, I'm going to step out here now, Biz, and and uh, and you. And you can brag on yourself here now because this is this is what you need to do for us and our listeners. I think the reason you are so successful, like when you roll it back to that ALS video, like that was unbelievable. Uh, over a million views. Um, I think people can relate. You're an everyday guy and the locker room guy. Like when, when I communicate with my players, I love hearing the stories. And that's, you gotta, I, I would think that you would have to give the majority of your success because of just who you are, just Paul Bisnet, the person. Do you agree with that? No, I think that like, you know, as, as a player, especially when you're like trying to get to the next level, like I was fortunate where I came from a place where like team dynamic was important. I think that as a young person trying to get to that next level and, and I don't want to say not having guidance, but you're like living away from home and stuff. So like, I think that at a certain age, maybe I wasn't, as focused on the entire team dynamic. Cause I was just trying to balance it, like getting myself better and making sure I was getting drafted and getting, and, but ultimately I got to a point where I, I kind of just saw a, a ceiling and, and, you know, luckily I was able to figure it out that, you know, if you're able to add a certain dynamic to the locker room and it kind of just stems from like naturally how I am with my buddies too. Like if you're trying to make sure everybody's having a good time and everybody's happy and it's a good fun environment, that you know in in every and in, in it's having success 
that, you know, it's, it's, it's important and everybody gets to stay happy. And, you know, I was fortunate where that attitude, which is probably like the main reason that I was able to stick. Cause like, other than the fact that I was willing to stick up for my teammates and, and, you know, I, I had, a, I guess, just barely enough skill to get by. I think that was one element that I try to bring to the locker room and really just in everyday life, just based on how it's all fucking gone and how I'm some <laughs> right. kid, from, kid from Welland who, who's been able to like do what I've done. Like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I was supposed to work at fucking John Deere, right. Or, it was yeah. just, I just kind of got hard work and luck met itself a lot of the way. And, and, and I, and I just started becoming grateful for it and trying to snap it around as much as possible. But you also did the, like during your playing career and shit, you were always setting yourself up for a life after hockey. Was that something that, maybe you were just fucking around on Twitter and it worked out this way, or were you like always knowing that there's a, there's a, there's some guys after the game's done that can make a career in media. You've obviously taken it to a level that no other hockey player has, but did you, were you trying to do that through your whole career, set yourself up for this later on podcast and, and media stuff that you're in now? Yeah, I guess like at first it was just very organic and I never saw it ever getting to the, to where it is now, but like, obviously there's an element of fear that starts creeping in as your career gets towards the end as to what am I going to do next? Like, I don't have an education. I played in the OHL boys. I mean, my last year junior, I think I took grade nine geography. I took uh, <laughs> grade 11 English current events cooking. Class. Which I, well, yeah, it was, a, it was an absolute joke. And I think like basically my mom helped me graduate. It just like school wasn't for me. So, you know, it, it, it started becoming this thing that I was like, Hey, I, I think I can monetize this and, 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 and grow it and, and turn it to somewhat of a business. So I could also survive on the back end. Cause like I said, I don't know what type, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't trust me as a scout. <laughs> I can't even remember the guy's fucking names. Right. So that's take that out of the mix. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I can't keep up with the video and analytics and, and, you know, being a coach is very stressful and it's very long hours. And, you know, I don't even know if I would be a good coach. So it just kind of, yeah, it kind of took a mind of its own. And, and, and I would say I took a little bit of time away towards the end of my career when I was playing with the Kings organization. Cause, uh, uh, who was Dean Lombardi was the GM there and he, he was okay with me coming over, but he said, stay the fuck off Twitter. Like we, yeah. don't, we don't do it like they do in coyote land. Right? We, don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't need your fucking AHL attention. You loser. No, but like he said it in a, in a funny way, but it was good. It was good to get time away. But in that time I was like, how am I going to swing this into post? And the wheels started turning. And yeah, it, it's like I said, part of it was definitely fear for what was on the back end. Yeah. I wanted to be in control a little bit run your own show so how did spit and chicklets how did that happen for you i know wit and portnoy must be buddies uh barstool all that stuff or how does that kind of come around spit and chicklets was around before you and then how did you join in with that afterwards yeah i didn't exactly know what i wanted to do when i retired so i took that job with the coyotes but it's kind of wild how it all aligned like when i first retired before i even started working for that coyotes I, um, I got together with my buddy Pasha, who I did a little bit of video work yep. with before. And I said, let's do this. Let's do a fucking like crazy content piece. And call we ended up calling it Biz Nasty Does BC. And it was like, you know, at the time, like it was so silly, but we were able to get about 15 players yeah. to, to kind of take part in this. Uh, like it, it ain't Eric Andre level. It ain't Sasha Barracone level, but we were <laughs> pushing this content where we've had this script but these guys had no clue what they were getting into. 
we were like, Hey, could we get 30 minutes of your time? We ended up getting Morgan Riley for the whole day. Right. So we're going along the way and fucking, you know, learning how to do this video work. And then I kind of proved I could push content. So in the midst of editing that and then starting uh, the coyotes job, they had already started the podcast. Wit reached out to me. I was like, no, I'm not ready to do it. Cause I know when I hop on, I'm going to let it fly. And like, <laughs> if it doesn't bl- bring me in anything, I might not be able to have a job with the coyotes based on the fucking shit that I'm talking about on there. So then it, it became time to do it. But wit had already got together with RA cause RA reached, reached out to him when he saw the tweet asking me and Colby Armstrong to do a podcast, which at the time I had no fucking clue what a podcast was. So once RA reached out to wit, they got together, started doing it. Then Dave reached out to Wit saying, Hey, I think you guys should join Barstool. That was like 20, 30 episodes in. The the this is the wildest one. So Grinelli noticed that the audio could use work and the fact that they probably needed a producer. Yep. He's he rent he wrote RA an email. RA was like, read it, didn't answer it. The next podcast they got together to record, it was just RA and Wit, obviously. He had his own mixer. And the mixer ends up breaking halfway through the podcast. So RA's like, well, fuck, I remember that kid emailing me. No shit. He he (laughs) emails back. He hops on the next podcast. They're still doing it in the living room. And obviously the audio got better. RA had one less responsibility. You know, he was better at focusing on his job. And then he was able to help them bring it to that next level. And he wrote the logo on the napkin. I think he passed it off to maybe Grinelli who brought it to Barstool. They created the logo. Then fast forward, I want to release this, but biz does BC. We ended up saying, Hey, why don't I just hop on bloom it all? We launch it together. And then, and then, and then history. Oh, yeah, it's just, so like, like the Twitter account, it kind of just progressively has just happened very organically. And, 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 and like I said, it's a very wild, fortunate ride. Yeah. And, and that rate, how it snowballed is, did you have in your wildest dreams, did you have any idea it would go the way it went? No, no. And, and people, you know, people, I think it definitely caught a lot of traction early because I was like letting it fly and like being like this, you know, I was living like a single man. Yeah, no fucks given. Yeah. In in this, yeah, like just like, oh my god, this is so fun. Like I get to like hang out with amazing people, and you know, go, like, you know, you know, it, it was fun. I was living a you know fast paced life that that I never thought I would get to enjoy, and and I wanted to share some of the funny stories along the way at the beginning. But the the line has definitely moved, and I guess some people would probably criticize it, say, oh, you know, they don't talk like they used to. It's like. Well, I also don't, I told you a lot of the wild shit that was going on and, and, and I got to, I had to throw her neutral at some point. Like I, yeah. gotta, I live a different life. <clears throat> I got to act my age at some point. Yeah. Like it's like, it was fun <laughs> at the time, but like, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's funny when you're, you know, you're 40 years old talking about running around and, and being a donkey. It was like, no, I, I, I think I did it right. I got it out of the way. I can laugh and, and say, Oh, how, how silly it all was. Like most of us can. And now there's new shit that I got to go experience. Yeah. There can only be so many shitty Cindy stories. And, and, and boys, like you, you you get to a certain age too, where you have a certain, try to have a certain responsibility and like, you don't exactly feel on waking up the the same way either. (laughs) Yeah. Anxieties, your anxiety just way higher, higher. There's more at stake. And you know, you're trying to, you're not, you're trying not to be a degenerate at at being a a middle-aged man. 
Yeah, exactly. What about back to your? I, I mean, I'm, I'm walking a fine line. Yeah, you. I was gonna like, say. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, not a degenerate. I yeah. can't even fucking pronounce yeah. half the English words and shit. But <laughs> let's blame those on the fights. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you guys know from bull riding. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. exactly. That's what I want to go do now with with that side of it too. Is is the the hockey fights and the head side of it? You talk about that quite often in different uh, interviews that you're a part of. Is that that maybe you do have some effects later on from the fights. Do you regret those days of, of your career? And do you feel those effects now? And, and on top of that, you deal with them. There's different interviews where you talk about micro dosing, um, non-conventional ways. Uh, do those help with what you're doing? Cause us in the career, me as a bull rider, these guys, bull fighters, it's a huge part of our career too, guys now dealing with it. We're kind of behind the, the times where hockey and football are now and trying to catch up with realizing that, Hey, we have to take care of our Oh heads. yeah. You guys are fuck legitimate cowboys. Like yeah. I was going to ask you guys, like, like, like I think like at the professional level in some cases is wearing a, even a helmet, a faux pas. You know, you have to wear them now if you're born after 1994. So it's kind of like, oh, it's coming they did with the visor, yeah. like the visor. Yeah, thing. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But there's still guys that don't wear them, the older guys. But yeah, everybody nowadays is kind of like hockey. It'll- like, do you wear a helmet? I no, did never uh, in our bullfighting careers. We didn't, but bull riders. Yeah. Um, and and we, as, yeah. And as bullfighters, nobody does, but you know what? There will come a time uh, that something will change that and somebody will have to wear one and it'll become kind of the mainstream, just like helmets and bull riders, you know? So I don't know. It just take, takes uh Scotty, then you'll be the one on the podcast talking about the old days, like, like, oh yeah, no helmets, <laughs> yeah. and they're gonna be yeah. listening to you guys, like you're you're the craziest motherfucker. They'll be thinking that you were basically wild, wild west, where you used to draw and shoot each other. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's gonna be the separation at that point. Yeah, yeah for sure. It, uh, yeah. So it, it it's one of those things too. Like, certain guys may be upset at the fact that they weren't made completely aware of of what maybe the future would have held based on the results of the the lifestyle they had to live and how they had to earn money i look at it a few ways like it was my choice like when i got called up as a fourth liner in the american league where the writing was on the wall where i'd never played forward in my life but they're like fourth line left wing and they knew that i was a scrappy person where like if somebody took a run at me i would have handled my own business did did I know that I was going to eventually have to do it like most nights in order to like survive? Um, I, I, I kind of was like, fuck it, let's try it. And I dove right in and I, I saw the positive reinforcement and the fact that I've kind of found a, um, a niche to where maybe it could get me to the NHL level. Like I'm, I'm grateful. Like I, I you know, I paid me a, a, a lot of money to, to do that. Like, you know, I, I was making league minimum, which is like, fuck dude, I was making 550 grand yeah, a right. year. That's yeah. like, tell me, I, 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 what are the highest bull riders making? Yeah. Uh, fucking well, ramps. yeah. One, 1. 1.5, 1, 1. 1.5 million. If the, usually if a champ, like but they're for the fucking champion, living, they're to living the world good, title right? to win the world title is a million dollar bonus, but they take the top 35 to the world finals every year. So it's like one team, right? There's 35 guys in the world, bull riders that are making pretty solid money. And the, the guy in 35th might be making a hundred grand max. That's, that's what right. I'm saying. That's fucking top on it. That's I'll tell you high. what, like, and, and those guys know what they're signing up for maybe even more so than what like hockey guys do. But back then it was just, it was, it was what we did. And like, like we, we, and also like majority of the guys who were doing it embraced it. 
And if they didn't, you always knew because like they didn't do it as much. Yeah. They shied mm-hmm. away from it. And there, that was a separation there. And yeah. So as far as just like now it's like, ah, you know, you live with, you know, maybe, you know, n- not having it all there some days, but I would, I would also say that the, the, the partying and the coping mechanisms and, and the drinking and having a good time probably had just as much to do with it as how I feel some days. I mean, dehydrating our brain for four days while you just, you know, you go on a bender and yeah. you, know, you party and we can feel no, you on I, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Players, yeah. Bull riders, I've like, done my fair share of ketokes boys. Like I, you know, I, I, I partied, you know, I fucking yeah. partied. So yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you, you, you leave it then. And, and, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm fucking grateful for the ride. Yeah. Well, it, it, it looks like it's paid dividends, which is awesome. I like those stories. I love those stories. Um, you know, part of the work we do as agents and and even as professional athletes are in our own right, all three, all four of us, you know, that day is coming when it's over and what do you do when it's done? We don't, you know, a lot of contracts and professional sports don't always set you up for the rest of your life. So that, that, becomes a, a dark time I think in people's lives when they know they're coming to the end in their career and what's next you got a wife you might have one or two kids or one on the way um, you got the dog of course right like how are you going to pay for the oh, food buddy. on the table and it's I, it weighs I, I, on I had a, I had a, a podcast like I tried to do yeah <laughs> so so you you hit the nail on the head like that and I never had a family to deal with either like yeah. that that was something I knew I had to wait for because like the balance of it all would have been too much. And, and it can break certain people in the simple fact of, I look at it like this, like my whole life. And it's like, it's like almost childish to say, but our whole schedule in life was laid out. Yeah. You show up to, for the season and like your itineraries yeah. made. Yeah. Oh, you get a speeding ticket. Well, there's a guy who works for the team who's going to be able to help you with it. Like, it's just like they were there to take the the, the pressures off and, you know, we're all of a sudden you get out of it and you got to learn how to adapt to like everyday society and like and learning how to do all these things on your own and make your own schedule and make sure you're bringing yourself to the gym. And, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and also now trying to find a new way and how to put food on the table for your family. And in some guys cases, like they don't have to worry about that because you know, they made enough money, yeah. but there's a majority of guys who didn't right. like that. You're right. We did, we did that ECHL player relief fund. But I played in the coast. I know guys who were playing after taxes and everything. They were pocketing $250 a week. Yeah. And some of them were starting families. Now it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, you might want to, you know, not start a family maybe that young when you're in the fucking coast tripping away in the corners, yeah. you know, but, but hey, that was their reality. And, you, you know, you got to, you got to make sure hopefully they're, they can be taken care of. So it's, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, uh, it's the jungle down there for sure. So when you go into, um, different interviews so now you talk about how you were really wild at the start and you guys have half toned her down just because you're getting older and that's kind of the way it goes but when guys come on your pod and then you hear the repercussions of them saying something and then they get fired like a jeremy roenick does that change your guys's mentality at all or you still have to go full fucking board because that's what got you to where you're at today well, like, we just, yeah, I think we're just focusing on, on different topics too. And I think that we're doing enough research to where like, we don't want to, yeah, we don't want guys to get fired. Like that whole situation sucked. Like I still feel like shit about it. And, you know, I, 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 I felt terrible for Catherine at the fact that she had to deal with that publicly. And, and, right. you know, of course, JR losing his job and, you know, what, what sucked about the whole situation too is, 
so it was in the midst of the interview. And sometimes when you're in the midst of the interview, you know, you, you, sometimes you're feeling a little bit more anxious. Well, we, we got fucking Jeremy Roenick on. Yeah, so fuck. I'm, I'm thinking of my next question of what I'm going to yep. want to ask him and have teed up. And, you know, when it was said, I, I think I made a, a remark, like, kind of like, Oh, easy there. You know, you don't want to, but I would imagine that because they'd hang hung out for three weeks on a vacation together, they fucking ha like, they maybe made a joke like that, you know, yeah. Yeah. to where like, you know, if, if, like, if my buddy was, was sitting around with my wife and like, he made a joke like, like that, like, I, I wouldn't hold it. It's just like, you know, ha, it's a joke. Like that's yeah, our yeah. sense of humor. I'm not saying it's, it's right on, on a public platform, but it, it was said maybe because he felt comfortable to say it. And, and, it, and then we moved on. And, and then I, I, afterwards, I, you know, we, we always asked, Hey, was there anything you wanted out? Not even remembering that it, that had happened. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I took full responsibility because I'm like, fuck, I didn't even remember that. But that's and not I'm your like, fault, right? Well, it's just, fucking but, shit but happens. It, yeah, right. But you're also trying to protect the guests because we don't want things like that happening. And like, yeah, people you know, thinking I'll, that. Yeah, yeah like, we're, like we're not out to get anybody. It's not. Yeah. How, it's yeah. not what we're doing. We're we're out. We're out here to like joke around and get guys have some fun and have some fun. And, and and that one really snowballed. And you know, there's there's a, a side of hockey media that is just it's very liberal. And 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 I'm we're trying to keep the peace. Yep. Because because I I'm I'm I, I'm fully moving forward like i don't you know whatever gender you want to be whoever you want to be with inclusion like you know diversity fucking rights all of it let's go let's be you know let's be progressive yeah. here yeah. and and it kind of just like it, it it's like this huge battle it's like like we don't want it or something it's like hey guys we made a mistake let's move on here like let's yeah. stop slinging the mud back and forth this is crazy so is that's kind of where that went and, and, it, and it sucked to see it all play out. Yeah. So that kind of answers the whole, I guess, JR situation yeah, too, yeah. just as, as raw as I can make it. Yeah. Not necessarily the, just him in a sense. It's more of, yeah. Like, are you worried about what you're saying to your guests because you don't want to go over the line? And then that kind of leads into the next question of the they can NHL. Take anything out. They yeah, can take they can anything take out, out they want. Right. So it's, yeah. we give everybody that option. We don't want to put anybody at jeopardy. We've kiboshed a few interviews where we haven't released them just because it's like it would it would it would light a fire yeah like we're trying to be as we're, tr we're trying to be sensitive to people's feelings to a certain degree yeah is there people within the nhl or even say the the coyotes organization that you work with on the other side of things where they fucking give you a pp slap or they're always after you guys or, or phoning or emailing and not happy with with what you guys are saying or doing no no, yeah. I think, I think most people who are at the high levels, like understand that we're not, we're like, we're not like evil people. Yeah. And we, and we got, we got, yeah. So there's no, it's been great, man. I've gotten to work with, uh, I've gotten to work with the NHL a bunch. They are awesome to work with. Um, obviously I, I love working for Barstool because, you know, they, yeah. they allow us to, to, to do whatever we want. So, you no, know, we have a lot of good working relationships with everyone and, and we want to keep growing that and trying to grow the game. We're just trying to, we're just trying to take our platform and expose these awesome personalities and have as much fun as possible with it. Because yeah. we think that, that hockey, hockey does have a dynamic of the personalities seem to be a lot more relate, relatable than oh, maybe yeah. in other sports. Yeah might be a, a strong Canadian and, 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 you know, uh, Canadians are just genuinely like a little bit softer, right? Just, well, we're <laughs> nicer. We're, I think we're just <laughs> absolute beauties as Canadians, right? You know, yeah. and, and on little, that little, note, little, little tire pump for ourselves there. Right. Yeah. Right. And on that note, uh, biz comes from the Arizona hockey market where they're, they're, you know, 
you're probably putting more asses in the seats because of what you're doing, which, which the Phoenix Coyotes could use. If you've ever been to a game pre COVID, unless it's against the Calgary flames or the Edmonton Oilers, you're looking at a, you know, there's usually more fans at a, at a flames game or Edmonton game than there is Yotes fans, which I think that's beginning to pivot towards the, the Yotes favor. Is it not? Yeah, I think you know. I think they're doing a great job. I mean, not not making playoffs for a certain amount of years doesn't help, especially in a non-traditional market. But we, you know, we got these new owners, and and you know, they're new to the sporting world, and I think that they're really going to make an effort to to build this franchise and actually spend money. And um, as far as the fan base, it's you know, it, I think it's 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 strong and it can get stronger. I think they do a lot. They're doing a lot of smart things off the ice in order to try to get more involved with the community and. You know, they, they've they've obviously taken a few off the chin in the last probably 12 months where they're just yeah. they're they're trying to figure it out and people make mistakes. So, like, let's hope they can keep it going. And uh, and, and as far as m- me getting to join them in my post career, it's been awesome. I You know, they were the team that gave me my opportunity for five years and I'm forever grateful. You know, we joked around around before I hopped on about how loyal I am. And it's just it just seems to have been this unbelievable relationship and the yeah. people around the organization are incredible. Cause I wouldn't be here if they were. And, and they all are. And that's when, when all the stuff, you know, and, and the franchise struggles sometimes and we're trying to get more, I, I see the people as hard as they're working on the inside where it's like, fuck, like, let's go. Like we can get this done. All the people around here who have been waiting this out for a while can watch it succeed. And, and I think it's going to happen. So that's another, you asked about my working relationships earlier about with the NHL and stuff. Yeah. No, it's, it's been good. And I think they've seen that I've tried to come to a more neutral standpoint on, on some of the subjects I might've been more persistent on earlier in my days. Yeah. So what about PBR side, rodeo side? Are you a, a fan at all? Have you taken in any events, maybe Madison square garden, Glendale or Calgary stampede, maybe something like that. Have you, are you a fan of the sport by any chance? Um, I, I've seen it before. I think it's crazy. I did the, the, the Calgary stampede. Yeah. Um, they actually have bull riding in cave Creek, Arizona Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. D- donor brought it to us one year after our season. And they, I think all of them were, were wearing helmets. And I think that any civilian could sign up as long as you signed a yes. waiver. Yeah. I was there <laughs> three years ago. I went in my flip flops and shorts kind of incognito. Yeah. What a great, and I'm trying to remember the name of that, uh, that pub were you at the bar outside with the little arena and it was yes just oh, the buffalo chip the it? buffalo chip nice scotty yeah. nice yeah. scotty yeah. 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 yeah yeah what a place well so that, what, so it, what that's it cool you? that's cool about here is you can go into like the the old town scottsdale and party up in the clubs yeah. or you could drive 20 minutes the other way and you could be in a bar like that where there's cowboys there and it's it's a funky fire place. pits outside, like outside fire pits, people standing around and they're serving ice cold beer. Beauty. That's, that's more of my speed now. That stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if we, if we got you the opportunity to maybe get up close and personal and actually sit down on one and, and tie your hand to one, what, what would biz say to that proposal? Oh man. I think, I think younger days I might've, I would have to, 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 to get in shape before I got on a bowl. Maybe no, it's, e- it's even better. It's even better if you don't. It's media wise. Media wise. I need a couple hot yoga classes. And then maybe I'll fucking hop on. Uh, I'll, do well, some next... ri- I'll do some wrist curls for, for a month. Yeah. Well, the PBR was just in Glendale here two weeks ago. Next time I'll reach out to you and hopefully we're this travel 
shit's a little more normal and and we'll reach out to you and i'll bring the film crew yeah 100 percent. we'll We'll do a red carpet exclusive sure we'll red carpet it for you you can count on it yeah maybe maybe doan shane doan and stan wilson can can be my trainers (laughs) i guarantee it i guarantee it in the lead up i'll get the huge belt buckle i'll start dipping yeah 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 i I, I got a nice cowboy hat in my uh my my closet here yeah well i i tell you i I talked to stan wilson last night and he spoke very highly of you and uh said that uh you know you were a great guy to be around the whole time you're in he said you actually i'll be honest he said you were a pain in the ass when you first showed up but you turned out to be a really good guy and (laughs) and turned out to be really good friends in the end so yeah i was just this yeah young idiot like space cadet like add just and he, I, don't, I, I don't think stan all understood it and i think as time went on he's like oh this guy's just like that fucking stupid so i think, he, I he, think he, I, so he ended up not liking me pretty good and i calmed down a little bit too he said he said uh yeah you guys had to have a couple coming to jesus meetings and then things started leveling out after that yeah he yeah he he directed me in the right path but he was patient and and i and i i love stan all for it and, and i'm glad that uh He's a guy I respect, so I'm glad he came the corner on me. Came around the corner on me. Yeah. Well, you, sure. you talk about Stan and Donor. Um, there's a few of our old clients that were your teammates: Labs, Derek Morris, Jim Vandermeer. I don't know if you got to play with Pete at all. Uh, Boydo, Boyd Gordon. Um, can you touch on those boys? Uh, you know, pretty good old. Uh, well, for the most part, Sasky boys. And in Alberta, Western Canadian boys. Yeah, one thing about Mo is, uh, I mean, first thing that pops into my head is is his work ethic. His his summer routine and how he would get ready for a hockey season was fucking crazy. Like he used to go to this Exos place here. I think it might have been called Athletes Performance beforehand, but I think six days a week, and he would he would be at the gym for three hours, and you know, mobility, you know, uh, conditioning at the end always, and. It was, you know, a big reason why he was able to play at the level that he did for so long. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy that you're like, holy shit, this guy's been around for so long. And you've seen him go through the ups and downs. Also a guy who plays with a chip on his shoulder too. I don't think a lot of people knew how, how tough he was. Like once his fucking wires crossed, oh geez, look out. The wrapper come off the nutty bar. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. And, you know, and he was, you know, he was always good to me. I think he was another guy who was kind of like, who the fuck is this young idiot? You know, and, and same old school mentality as maybe Stan And, you know, I think he, uh, you know, we, we ended up uh, towards the end having a better relationship than maybe we did at the start. I think he maybe understood me a little better, but I think Yans also helped that too, because he was so close with Yans. And Mo, Mo was such a generous guy. Like he, as soon as you got there, if you were the new guy, he would make sure like, Hey, you want to go for lunch? And he'd pick it up and be like, you'll, you'll love it here. Like the guys are great and always want to make everyone feel welcome. So he, uh, he, he was a good, Mo was a good, a great man. Great man. Good, oh, good, good to hear. So, um, Barstool now working, uh, under spit and chicklets. Do they, how does it all kind of run where you're allowed to kind of do other stuff? Um, obviously these podcasts and shit like that, you don't have to sign a contract directly with Barstool and you're only under Barstool. Are you allowed to go and do all your other endeavors and have your own sponsors and all that other stuff? So that's the one thing that I promised myself when I started my post career was I was going to open up an LLC. I called it press box. 
uh, for obvious reasons. I love that. That's yeah. golden. Yeah. So, and, and I said that nobody will ever own me exclusively. I'll always get to do, I'll, I'll basically send an invoice type of thing. So, yeah, because that way I can I can have creative control until like if I get asked to do something, I, I'll be able to do it. And, uh, you know, every everyone I've worked with has been, you know, very, very supportive of that because I think I've snapped my time around enough to each of them to where they're, they're not feeling slighted. And uh, it's it's been awesome. And I would recommend anybody do that. And th that's the thing now is that there's so many different opportunities with access to the internet and being able to do things on your own where you don't have to do things the conventional way anymore. Yeah. Stop rely. Like, I don't want to rely on any one source for my income because like, what if they, somebody else comes in charge and they ain't exactly feeling what you're doing. Yeah. And get snipped and then now you're at nothing. No, I want to, if anybody can be in more control of what they have going on. And, you know, I think you can do so by seeking, ask questions, seek out different opportunities and, 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 and try to do it your own way as much as possible. And I find that, yeah, will there be a little bit more stress involved, but I think that most people will be happier in the end. Definitely. Right. I, like so, that. I like that. Yeah. Right it's, from the start when, with the name press box. It's, <laughs> yeah. <that's>, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that just speaks, that just speaks Paul Bissonette right there. You know, it does. That's, that's your twist on it. And uh, that's, that's damn cool. I like that. Yeah. And that, you know, that's how we, uh, I ended up, I was with this company called victory at the beginning. And, and I was, I actually was making that business BC for them, but they were having problems internally. And like, we just had a falling out. So I, I also pay, I basically funded, it cost me 70 grand to fund that project. I did that business BC. So I was essentially out of pocket. And, um, and then that's why Barstool ended up like, we ended up working out a deal and, and, and figuring that out. But, uh, yeah, like you got to you got to take risks, and it it doesn't happen overnight. And 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 I and I wanted to take a risk on myself there, and, and it ended up working out to a certain degree. And, well, and oh, I, what a I would what a great note for yeah. I would push I would push that on any anybody. Just try, yeah. you know, and if it doesn't, hey, at least you can live with the fact that it didn't work out. Yeah. You, you know, stepped up to the plate, and you swung you swung for the fence, and, and you're could, not going to hit it out of the park every time. But if you keep getting up there and swinging the bat. One of these times, it's going to pay off for you. So it could be I, a slow play too. It doesn't need to be overnight either. It doesn't need to be three years. It could be a fifteen-year play. It could be something that you're do you're starting while you have your own job that you might be associated to a company where they kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be at the. If if you have the opportunity where you're at the start, I would recommend it. If you're not, it's not too late either. Yeah. Well, we'll look, do at, it now. look at the NFP podcast, Tanner. Nineteen episodes later, when we got the legend. You fucking we idiot. have the legend inside <laughs> inside 20. Well, yeah. here's another thing too, is I believe that most podcasts only last seven or eight episodes. So oh, you're really, fuck. So oh, there you go. Yeah. We made it's, it. It's, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all perspective, right? So now yeah. you're, well, you've done it 19. Next thing you know, you're at a hundred and you're like, Oh shit. I never thought we'd have this many listeners. And well, it's just yeah. like you, if you put your head down and you work long enough, it's just like you, when you finally pull your head up, you're like, Oh shit, we actually did something here. Definitely. Well, and that's one thing I, and we don't know each other well at all, Biz, but work ethic, I don't think is anything you've ever lacked in your career by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, no, I think that maybe I partied a little too much towards the end of <laughs> hey, my career. That's all right. Yeah, work hard, play hard. Instead of, yeah, I, I could have spent maybe a little bit more time in the gym. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, post-career for sure. Yeah, it's been fun trying to 
I mean, our whole crew does. I mean, Grinelli works his absolute balls off. I mean, Wit, you know, Wit, Wit's a hard worker. He he's great at the interviews and everything. And and RA fucking crushes it too. So yep. we got we got an amazing team, and and it's been it's been a fun ride. All right, well, Biz, we've held you for a long time here, and we know you're a very busy man. Uh, Scott has our infamous question for you. Well, Biz, it's been great talking to you, man. Uh, we all know this is the hashtag NFP podcast. You know our take on it. We want to know what yours is. Yeah. Uh, how do you say it again? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, fucking, no fucking pussies. pussies. But it's, okay. it's, it's everybody their own. I'm going to say no F in the no F in the P. There it is. <laughs> that's all. That's all PG biz here. Yeah. Um, what What does it mean to me? I mean, jeez. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it. it, it geez, that's a very. Uh, I've had long answers this entire time, so I'll probably be long winded about this one. That's good. Uh, it, you in, got in, the floor, man. You got the floor. In, in, in I guess in my situation, it's just you know waking up every day and and, and putting the work in, and and uh, you know as life as life goes on, I think you know, with more responsibility, as we talked about earlier, life does get harder. And, you know, I think that, you you know, getting up every day and putting your big boy pants on and getting the work done and putting the time in uh, will eventually lead to, to more happiness. And I think that more people need, need to take uh, accountability. And I think that the people that, that that's what not being a fucking pussy means to me is, is getting, up, <laughs> getting up and putting your own work in and, 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 uh, and, and ultimately it, it resulting to your own results. Yeah, that's yeah, wicked. Accountability. Awesome, accountability. That's good. So what about next for, for biz? You guys, you do the sandbaggers. People could, if they haven't listened to the Spit and Chicklets podcast, head head to your Twitter, head to your Instagram. You're always fucking doing something that's super entertaining. I'm a huge fan. We all are here at the NFP podcast. But uh, what do you see in the future? Is there going to be some acting gigs maybe? Or is it the, the how long is the Chicklets going to roll for? What's, what's in the future? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, you've seen my acting. It's not great. It's got to improve. So I'll, I'll, I would love to try to get into it. Obviously it's something that I've never done. Me- memorizing lines is so difficult. Fuck so yeah. most of the time I do my stuff, I'm able to have a, a teleprompter and yeah. then you, you take it enough times to where you're, you know, you, you, you memorize it to a certain degree where you're remembering where your face needs to be when you deliver the line. But these fucking people who can memorize like a paragraph, <laughs> I need a I need a couple uh, prescriptions of Adderall to do that. We we too many we head had hits. Sh- We've had yeah, too many we, head hits. I think for that. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd have to do it like Curb Your Enthusiasm style, where yeah. it's ad lib. Yeah. Um, we had Sean Avery on our podcast a couple times, and he's he's been able to to to, to transfer over and become an actor. Yep. Like he sent me some of his tapes that he sent in where he's, he got, he's got them memorized and it's, right. it's pretty fascinating and he's done a great job. And another guy that I, I talked to about that side of it. So it would be something that I would love to do. We'll, we'll see when I get enough time. Uh, once the other things slow down when I'm not pumping out sandbaggers. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> can you, can you tell the people what the, what the sandbaggers are all about? Cause that's, that's becoming just as big for me as, as the podcast itself. Yeah, so it's just one of those other things is is you you take a chance and we were going to we got a we got a text from um, Crosby. Well, Wit did, and he goes, uh, Sid wants to sit no big down deal. for an interview, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck off. I'm like, that's the, that's it. Like that's our generation. We both got to play with him. Like, I mean, there's he'll, he'll go down as one of the most respected hockey players of all time. Just the way he carries himself, the way he he's a legend. Yep, and then. 
we find out that McKinnon's there and he's willing to do a sit down too. And we're like, holy fucking shit. You know, and we weren't to the, we weren't getting as many downloads or, or weren't as big as back then as we, when we found out we were getting that. So we're going to Halifax and I, I got, I'm going to a trip to St. John and I'm doing a bunch of filming over there before I get to, um, to Halifax. So I'm thinking in my head, Hey, wait, why don't we fucking go golfing with these guys and I'll get my buddy Posh who's with me to video it. Yeah. So we talk, Sid, we, Hey, let's do this. And there he's like, Hey, we'll go golfing, but like no cameras. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, yeah, let's see if we can fucking swing this. So long story short, they Sid kibosh it a couple times. And I tell Pasha after we get the two interviews that morning, we're going golf golfing in the afternoon. So we're fucking over the moon at how the interviews went. We're so excited, especially the McKinnon one. Cause he opened up about his mental health stuff and it was, yeah. like, it was unreal. Yeah. It, it was a, big for an athlete of that regard to do so, to tell kids that that was good. It was perfect. Yep. So I tell Pasha, I said, hey, show up, show up around the second or third hole. <laughs> no shit. So he shows up. We got the CCM stick out. We cut the fucking opening. And next thing you know, he's too nice, right? He's not saying anything. So Pasha's videoing the whole match. And we'd already worked out the strokes. And I didn't realize how short the course was playing. And I was also playing lights out that day. And I was getting a shot every hole and McKinnon fucking lost it because he's so competitive. Uh, he, so McKinnon's like, Wit made a comment like, Hey man, like they're going to think you're sandbagging. You've hit like, dr like in the fairway and then onto the green every time you're putting for fucking birdie net Eagle every time. <laughs> and then uh, McKinnon hears it and he's like, fucking biz a fucking sandbagger. And he loses it, starts yelling at the camera. So we end up capturing this match. We win the dinner. We edit the film. And I'm like, fuck, we should call it the Sandbagger Invitational. Yeah. And we dropped the video. I think it's got like a million and a half views right now. And uh, and we're like, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, Pasha can keep doing, we can keep doing these together, yeah. get more film crew, get an audio crew, and we can make them sick. And that was like my creative side. We get them sponsored. The Pink Whitney started popping up. So I'm like, we can incorporate the Pink Whitney because it's fucking summer drink. Everybody's yeah. drinking it on the golf course. Yep. And and now we're, we're doing them work. We'll do nine or 10 a year. And we got like a five-man crew, audio, two audio guys. We, I got Pasha who edits the thing, implements the music. Of course, we're going to get keep getting two, two good golfers on. And that has turned into its own little enterprise of its own, right? Now we're in the golf world. Oh, it's now huge. Wit gets now Wit gets to do something that he loves. Yeah, I get to try to figure it out, which is not going very well. I'm getting fucking worse <laughs> at golf. I, I've been progressively on a downhill spiral because it's a, I'm such a mental midget on the course, and and it and we're pumping out. We'll probably get three, four hundred thousand views on each one. So oh, it's worked out. And you're dangling new sponsors in. You got TaylorMade on board. Fucking opens up so, so many more opportunities. So then we just hired another video guy too. So now we can improve on other areas of our business in in the video department to push out better quality content. So it just you know it slowly add the pieces, right? Yeah, yeah. You're nice. building an empire. Next thing you guys will be selling out live shows in uh, inside of uh, Texas Stadium. Where the fucking right. Yeah. Well, we got to we got to get hooked up with Barstool, and, and we'll be the Western lifestyle, fucking spitting chicklets to hockey. That'd be that'd be the the goal. The the, the bull riding version. Fucking yeah. right, man. Hundred percent. The Yellowstone version of Barstool. Yeah. Fucking right. Bingo. What about uh, Pink Whitney? How did how did that come about? You're obviously uh, a part owner in it, or or what's this? What's the story behind Pink Whitney? Everybody loves it, and we finally got it in Canada. 
how did it come about and, and what's it all about? That's the, yeah, that's the, the, another crazy one. We talked about sandbagger where that went. And this was one where new Amsterdam, because of the, the size of the podcast and where it had gone and they were getting together with hockey, they said, let's sponsor this podcast. And on the first episode, mention what you like mixed with your drink and wit loves, you know, uh, pink lemonade with vodka. So mm-hmm. we saw more and more people and our fans normally direct us what to do. They, they're very, they, you know, they communicate what they love. They, they, they started hashtagging the pink Whitney and sending us pictures of them. So my, my, me and my buddy, we kept talking about it and he was pressing. He's like, bro, I filed for the domains. Like we need to like do this. Yeah. So we'd mentioned it a couple of times to Barstool. They were busy with other things. Wit was like, ah, no, we're a podcast. Fuck that. You know, shut it down and then finally wit's wife mentioned it he kind of was like ah biz said that he agreed to it i said fucking tell new new amsterdam and and barstool that you want to do it and and we want to do it as a podcast so finally we all agreed to do it and you know we sold uh we've sold 15 million bottles of it oh Oh, wow yeah and i just i just want to say one more thing it's not only a summer drink it's a year-round it's it's a hockey it's the hockey drink Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it took on a mind of its own and, and it's, it's been a wild ride. And now we're able to do cool more, like we're able to do more sandbaggers and have the crew that we're able to have because we're able to put some of those resources towards yeah. that. So it's like the fans, the fans dictate, they tell us what they love. If they don't mm-hmm. like something I talked about on the podcast, most of them usually let me know. And they tell me, ah, oh, shut the fuck up about this. It's like, okay you know, to a certain <laughs> level and, and you listen to them and, and you do, I don't. And then we, we started doing these pond hockey tournaments yep. fucking right. So you know, I might get back on the blades and start playing. So we get to play with fans and you oh, know, ch- chirp fest and video the whole thing. So these fans who show up to these events and enjoy the drinks and listen to tunes and, you know, meet new friends and smoke some dope and exchange funny stories. You know, it's, <laughs> it's eventually we're going to turn it into, to the, these fun, fun pond hockey tournaments too a fucking empire turn it into uh, yeah, yeah it's just like you know, hey let's all you know everyone we all seem to like the same shit and joking around and, and, and enjoying pops and fucking being shitty at hockey so let's play <laughs> right <laughs> just no scraps yeah. anymore yeah no more fighting that's good i'll be fighting oh. the puck that's it <laughs> all right biz man we we appreciate you big time coming on this podcast yeah. and for yeah, all of our listeners 100 percent paul really appreciate that was it. great no i i respect what you guys are doing and i i really appreciate your time and to all your fans you know thanks for listening i know i ramble on sometimes but uh looking forward to getting together with you guys when you're down here for the bull riding okay, we will nice, we will we'll make sure that you're you got the carpet uh, red carpet rolled out for sure you uh we'll we'll keep in touch on that for sure okay awesome thanks again guys thanks buddy all right, all peace right. out thank you see you, boys. you later from the nfp podcast this has been paul biz nasty bisonette thank you.